Well, today we've got a great session with none other than Clark Stover. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Clark is our longtime director of specialized tax incentives and uh, brings an amazing uh, amount of insight to the call today. Um, he's got some great questions he's going to be answered that came from the field, as well as some great coaching and, uh, again, insights that I think everybody's really going to benefit from. So all of that is coming up in just a few minutes. But first, we've got today's Daily Focus. And today's Daily Focus is all about the follow-up. Yeah, it's follow-up. <laughs> and you, I'm telling you what, it's for today, but you're going to be using this for the next two weeks. So cut and paste this into Notepad or uh, whatever you use. Keep it handy because you are going to need this. Yesterday, we had you post uh, post about restaurants. And it's funny, every time we do this, we kind of immediately get support gets hit, Facebook channel gets hit, we get questions back. Hey, I had you know 14 replies, what do I do with them? And I think at some point, people have to trust in the daily focus process that these are bite-sized activities and we will circle back to the, to the how-to. Right. We, we did plan this out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, today I'm kind of excited as Ryan said you'll notice throughout Daily Focus and if you started like um, after we began definitely go back and take a look at some of the previous ones. You will have some amazing templates in there to use, um, emails, social posts, everything. We designed this information to be reused. Just because today is a specific date with a specific email does not mean that this email does not stay relevant, and it doesn't mean you can't cut and paste it into a saved document that you can then share later. So, well, because keep that in mind. you're going to be getting these restaurant, uh, you know, kind of quote backs and questions for I would say at least a week and a half. That's kind of social media does have a short lifespan, but it will make its way through your channels, especially mm -hmm. those of you that posted it in a group. Right. Those ones can take a week to two weeks to three weeks. So that's where I say you're going to need this template handy for some time to come. Okay. So basically, um, you know, as Ryan mentioned, the, the comeback around, I guess, is what I'm um, trying to say. Fumbling. Sorry about that. So we're going to share this um, not only with the interest that may have generated, but we're also going to share this with interest that we don't yet have. Yeah. There is nothing wrong, as we mentioned previously, reaching out to a restaurant in your community and letting them know that you're concerned about them. How are you doing? Is there anything the community can be doing to help? You know, they want to know that their community is backing them. They want to know that if they need something and they put a need out there in social posts, that the community would come together to help them. We've seen this in our own community. We have amazing restaurant owners, independent restaurant owners in our community, and we have seen them come together in a way that that is just pretty amazing. And so that's kind of what the verbiage in this email is set up to do. Additionally, I want to say before we um, get into the meat of the email, Email templates are just that. They're a template that we're providing. Um, sometimes people struggle with what to actually say, um, you know, when you're trying to reach out to people. However, it doesn't mean that you have to use it word for word. I really like when I see a post that's been slightly tweaked to yeah. reflect the personality or the voice of that independent advisor. Do the same thing with your emails. You know, make it sound like you. If there's a word or um, a term that we have in the email that doesn't fit you or your area or your community, change it. Make it work for you. Um, don't put an obstacle where there isn't one. Yeah. You know, make it work for you. <clears throat> make it seem like your personality, your community, and I guarantee you, you'll get 
feedback from that. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because often what's, you know, correct English or grammatically correct or the right way for proper technical writing is not what has the voice that you want. And right now, Kendra, it's important that we have a compassionate voice. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you know, read this through, um, you know, and and I I like that you said that if it doesn't sound like you, change the words. The closing that that I've put in here sounds like Kendra. It may not sound like you. I'm a mix of Midwest and California. That's where I grew up. My verbiage is different. It's um, specific to me and my experiences and the way we speak here and the terms we use here. It may not be exactly the way you want to hear it. So change it up. Make it sound like you. Make it personable. I am not going to be offended by that in any way, shape, or form. Actually, it's going to make me happy because then I know that it's it's benefiting you. You're able to put it to use and, and kind of get some feedback from that. So you send this email to anyone that reached back out to you as well as some restaurants that might be within your first or second degree of connection. And if you don't have some of those, use Smart Search. Right. I think probably everybody listening has your five leads per week um, as part of the basic program. But use Smart Search to get out there and get in front of people. There's a lot of ways to do it. Brian, does it say anything about us as individuals that one of the first industries I chose to pull out was restaurants? Well, we have to save our restaurants. So otherwise... We actually really enjoy <coughs> um, good restaurants. We love independent, locally owned and operated restaurants. We'll travel hours um, to yeah. go visit a specific restaurants. So this is kind of important to us. And I know that um, independent restaurants are really a cornerstone of local economies, local communities. And so starting here is Well, they're is a part good of the spot. character of a community, I Definitely. think. Definitely. Um, when you go to an area in a little town or whatever, um, you know, it's just, it's just part of the character. And right. I think the shops, the restaurants, the local business, that's what makes a community. I, I hate to say I'm not knocking on Walmart and Target and Best Buy. Um, they're some of my favorite stores. Yeah, but they businesses. don't shape the character yeah. of a community. I would go to visit my sister in Shreveport, and the first thing we would plan is which barbecue place we were going to hit and you know which crawfish yeah. place my brother-in-law was going to take me to. And so these are things that we need to, um, you know, we need to have an effect on. We need to yeah. make these businesses Save the restaurants. last. So um, I'll go ahead and jump in and read the email if that's okay. Yeah. So dear restaurant owner, during this time of crisis, I feel the need to connect with those in my community who are struggling. How are you? Is there anything the community can be doing to help you? I've worked with many restaurant owners over the years, helping them get tax incentives and programs that help with general business. Now more than ever, old contacts are reaching out to me, asking if I know anything about the new programs or existing ones that may help them through the financial side of this crisis. Below is a link I've shared with them. Please take a look. It may be of benefit to you as well. And then your link is there. Understandably, personal security and stability are the most serious concerns right now, and I want to do what I can to help. I can't take away the worry about our families or health, but I can offer stability as far as the business side of things. Please reach out to me if you have any questions or think I can be of assistance to you in any way. Stay healthy and stay safe. Well, that's a great email. Again, get it out, but keep it handy because every time someone replies to you about a restaurant, um, you can do that. And by the way, I'm sure they figured this out. You can easily change a couple words in here, and this could be, be a social ins- post. You know, a social post. Mm-hmm. It could easily be associated, though, with other industries. You oh, know, exactly. Uh, the word manufacturing, the word auto dealership. So if you say, hey, I've been waiting for a great follow-up template for manufacturers, when are you guys going to do that? 
um, I'll just change a few words. Right. So um, <laughs> it can't always be as easy as cut and paste, right? <laughs> so thank you and stay tuned in. Also, um, stay tuned because we've got a great coaching session from Clark um, and that we're going to go into here in just a few minutes. Thanks, everybody. Hi, this is Paula from California. I was wondering if I could get a little more clarification on the property tax mitigation. Um, does that just include the property taxes on the commercial property owned, or does it also include uh, personal property that the business owner may own? I'm a little confused on that. Uh, in some areas, I thought I read that personal property was also included in that figure. So if you could clarify that, that would be great. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Paula. So, Clark, let's talk about property taxes. Yeah. So, Paula, your, the answer to your question is yes, we do both. We do real estate uh, mitigation, real estate tax mitigation via the you know the states and the taxing jurisdictions within those states, but we also do personal business property, and all of the audits that are necessary to get a reduction in that area also. So when you're looking at this and you're filling out the, you know, did they spend over X amount or what did they spend? We're talking what's called most commonly personal and real is kind of yes, the short exactly. uh, definition of that. That's it. So the 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 property and the equipment. B, uh, Cottonwood, Arizona. Uh, my question is uh, regarding the research and development tax credit. So, um, you know, for tech companies, there's a lot of um, companies that already have their developed platform with its content, but they have employees that they hire who sit there and check user posted content because it's basically a quality control task, and literally that's what they're paid to do. So I was curious, like, um, does that does that qualify under the the R&D tax credit law, and like, because there's that QC process and they have a manager who then is in charge of making sure that they're following the company's guidelines for content quality control. And so if so, can you bill each and every hour for those people, those employees who do that, and also the manager, et cetera, because it's kind of like manufacturing, but it's really about user-based content. Um, that's my question, thanks. Well, look at you, Richard. Uh, this is a great question. <laughs> and what I like about it is, um, obviously, when you ask a question like this, you got a specific client in mind. Right. And let me start by saying, I love this client. I love the type of work they do. Uh, they're highly technical in nature. And, um, you know, but let, let's dive into his actual questions here. Okay. Yeah, good. So that, that was a very technical question, of course. So um, the answer to that is yes. What you, your, your thought process is correct. Those types of activities could be qualified, could be, could be uh, judged as qualified research ex expenditures. But as far as how it's billed and their, their, their compensation, that's something that we would have to do and the, the experts in the industry would look into it. And it is an area that we're, we're getting more and more into. It is you know, a newer area, the content uh, regulation by companies in their you know, existing yeah, Mainly platforms. because it's becoming so much more popular. Absolutely, absolutely. So we do have experts in this area. So yeah, let's talk to this client and uh, you know, yeah. get, them, get them set up. For everybody else, let's talk a little bit about the R&D process as a whole. So understand this starts with this very generic question of what's your annual payroll? You know, 500,000, a million, 5 million, 10 million. From there, this is just really a pre-qualifier. We're saying, hey, a software company that has 
X payroll, a manufacturing company has X payroll. This is, of course, going to then lead to a discovery call. Yes. And in that discovery call, Clark, when you're talking to, could be a manufacturer, could be a general manufacturer, could be a, a QC company, could be a software company. You know, talk a little bit about what you're looking for in that first call. I'm just, I'll ask them some general questions basically to understand the scope of the, the part of the, the credit that they may qualify for, finding out if it's just a small part of the company. But also a lot of times I'm convincing them that they qualify. Yeah. That's, that's the majority of what I do. Yes, because you're a small company, you would still qualify. And, and so we get that a lot. So my role is just, you know, bring them along, talk to them about the first step, which is checking for tax utilization and, and, and generally qualifying with the activities yeah. they have. And then, you know, say the things that convince them that this is a legitimate credit and they want to, you know, go down that road. Now, from there, we now know we have a client that's a good candidate for Section 41, the R&D tax credit. Yes. What we want to do from there is now they're, they're a client, they're in production. And Richard, really, the rest of your questions, what you're really saying is, okay, we know they qualify. The question is, how much do they qualify? That's going to get answered um, really during our process of what we call technical interviews. Yep. And this is where um, you know our project managers, um, sometimes our intellectual property attorneys, have one-on-one -on -one technical interviews with the people actually doing the work. And that's where we're gonna discover, Richard, the specific answer to your question, because you know it's very broad nature, and Clark's answer is very broad, saying yes, but really there's a lot of factors that come into play where we're gonna ask how they do the work, who takes the risk, how that work is assigned. I mean, there's really so many things. So two parts to this, Clark. One is, do they qualify? Yes, no. Yeah, yep. And then the second part is, how much do they qualify for? And that's really the other part of the process. And, and that's just, yeah, as far as our, our, you know, the sales is concerned, we turn it over to the experts and let them determine that, the engineers and the, and the attorneys that actually do the work. All right, so for today's stories and questions segment, um, what we've done is we've compiled a few questions that are a little more technical in nature that have come on come in over uh, the last week or so. And I have joined with me here today Clark Stover, who is our Director of Specialized Tax Incentives. Clark, you're usually um, on maybe a second, third, or fourth call, things like that. Yeah, it depends on the need and the uh, the level of, of questions. Sometimes with and who you know, if we're talking to CPAs or or, or folks like that, or someone who's a little bit more technical, yeah. and get involved. And also with uh, you just mentioned with CPAs, so yeah. sometimes there's a larger partnership like a CPA. Or, Clark, we literally had to pause podcast recording a few minutes ago because you were working with a large staffing agency. Right. So partnerships, CPAs, things like this is also very much in your area of specialty. Right, and this is an area that we're developing and helping agents develop. So this is certainly a, an area that we want to pay a lot of attention to. Yeah, well, we got some great questions today. So uh, let's, let's hear our first question. Good. All right, Clark, I'm going to ask you one here that this one's from me. Um, it didn't come in as one of the questions, but um, you know, let's talk about CPAs a little bit. A big part of your job is working with CPAs because we, we and how this comes about is we do a cost seg evaluation or property tax, R&D, Watsi, whatever the case is. And at some point or another, you'll end up talking to the CPA. And this is like a gold mine. And I don't think everybody realizes uh, that that's the case. So talk about this process a little yep. bit and the benefit there for it. Well, basically, yeah. Any any contact I have with with the CPA, I'm I'm looking to you know find out, 
hey, is this an opportunity for some of your other clients, right? And it's always better in my, in my area is to talk to them earlier in the process as opposed to later in the process if, if, if we're performing a service for them. But in any case, a lot of times it's convincing, that the, convincing the CPA that there is an opportunity for other clients that they have, you know, thinking outside the box. And I, I'll, you know, I'll talk to them about you know, what I see and what I've talked to other clients about. The role of the CPA is not just to prepare taxes, tax forms, that's, you know, that's fine, but it's also about saving tax dollars for their client. So the strategies that we have are that. So why wouldn't you want to take that to your other clients and say, hey, I've got some strategies to save you some tax dollars. Let's talk about them because of the situation you're in. There may be some strategies, you know, that we can help you with. And whether they introduce us separately or as just part of their firm, uh, you know, either way works fine. They can just, we can work through the CPA and all the details. And, and either way, we'll work with the CPA to get that, uh, to help his other clients. So these are, you know, a great fit. Yeah. Now, one of the newer growing trends we're seeing is CPA firms that want to use hiring incentives. Right. In other words, the Watsi program yes. uh, is kind of a platform for their clients because, you know, it's like clients almost expect their CPA should be doing this, even though that's really unfair for them to expect that it doesn't change the perception that hey i have a cpa i have a payroll company right i have a staffing company aren't they doing this and the answer by and large is no correct so if someone has access to a payroll company a cpa firm and and whatnot how should they go about discussing this opportunity um you know to to work further with these uh yeah you know what i'm saying I'm yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely so so the way we do it is um you know you're the cpa you know the the payroll of the company or you know how many hires they're doing how many people they're bringing on so if they want to run with some of our services we can certainly do that uh you know with with the watsi portal for example i've had cpa firms you know sign up for it and then they roll it out to their clients some of them do it as just a value add they're paying the monthly subscription and the client is getting the benefit and they're just doing it to enhance what they look like in the marketplace, which is a much more robust you know, firm than other CPAs who don't do these sorts of things. They're, they're actively providing credits for hiring for their clients. Even though we're doing it, they're getting the credit for it, which is perfect. Uh, so they, pay, they eat the prescription cost and then they, they present it to their clients. So they know their clients and that's the best way to do it. It's just, you know, is it to introduce us to them or one of our advisors or is it for them to talk to their yep. clients and do it that way? And this is a great value add for them because they're going to turn around and charge for this service. Yep. Obviously, these are billable hours. So uh, Both, both, yep. Yeah. Well, Clark, I appreciate it. We are literally a few days away from uh, the next test. Yeah, I got to get back to work, man. And, um, <laughs> so this is literally between discovery calls. We filmed this in two, uh, two segments here. So I appreciate you taking the time today. And I know everybody else on the, on the line listening does as well. Yeah, absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thanks. Well, that was today's Daily Focus. Remember, in the app, click share a story or ask a question. We'll be covering as many of those on the air each day as we can. But first, be sure to log into your portal. Take a few minutes to complete today's activity. It's one simple step designed to move your business forward. Tune in again tomorrow and every day through April 16th for another daily focus. We'll see you then.